SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of the morning after on this Thursday on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. In this second hour, we have a great guest list for you to focus on the National Football League. Midway through this second hour, Melissa Kim, a studio host with the Baltimore Ravens, will join us to talk about a huge, and I mean huge, divisional matchup in the AFC North. No love lost between these two teams, Baltimore and Cincinnati on Sunday. A battle for that top spot in the AFC North division. How might that division shake out? And Baltimore on a slight slide here. Can they rally in time to even make the postseason as things currently stand in the AFC and what their outlook might look like then we are joined by FanDuel's Ryan Williams to look at Thursday night football and Ryan's week 16 winners across the National Football League but to begin our number two the focus is on college sports first college basketball before diving into bowl season coming up in just a couple of moments but in the college hoops landscape last night a couple of really really good games a top 20 tilt on Rocky Top between Tennessee and Arizona number 19 Tennessee handing the Cats their first loss of the season, defeating Arizona last night at home in Knoxville, 77-73. This game was a great sweat for all sides involved. It was back and forth, back and forth. The Vols had a 13-point lead in the first half. Arizona stormed back in the second on the road in Rocky Top to make it very competitive at the end. A two-point favorite was the Tennessee Volunteers entering the game and they slightly cover winning by four handing Arizona its first loss of the year 77 73 a huge game for Tennessee last night they improved to nine and two straight up this year a perfect seven and zero at home they have been favored in 10 of their 11 games and the Vols pretty good against the number seven and three ATS so far this year as a favorite to begin off this college basketball season meanwhile it was Arizona's First loss of the year. The number six ranked Wildcats, 11-1 straight up, still 8-3-1 against the spread. And if you're looking across the gamut, two names that you need to know, one on each side. For the Wildcats, Benedict Matherin, a huge game for the player for Arizona. 28 points, eight rebounds on that side for the Wildcats. On the other side for the Volunteers, Luke Fulkerson, the 24-year-old who is back in Rocky Top for what feels like his sixth year, and in fact, it might even be his sixth year the man they called Folky a big performance last night against Arizona 24 points and 10 rebounds so a great game for two teams that in my estimation certainly sweet 16 caliber certainly elite eight caliber maybe even final four caliber credit to Tommy Lloyd in Arizona by the way you don't often see at this point of a non-conference season a premier program like the Cats go on the road for true road tests and they have played two true road tests already this year on the road in Champaign a couple of weekends ago against the Illini of Illinois winning that game outright on the road in the State Farm Center in Champaign and then scheduling another top 20 tilt against Tennessee last night ultimately falling but this will be a huge part of the resume for Tennessee and will be no knock 
against Arizona. By the time we get to late February, early March, and start to hover around the postseason tournaments in college basketball. Speaking of the postseason, speaking of this later portion of the College Hoops campaign, Arizona, the second best odds right now to win the Pac-12 title on the FanDuel Sportsbook. As we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, hour number two of the morning after on a Thursday on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast in all of our radio affiliates. I am Ben Stevens, and we are breaking down the college basketball landscape, looking at, and this is a key note, for any title odds that you see on FanDuel as it pertains to college basketball, to my best understanding, as I perceive it, these are regular season title odds, not the conference tournament, not who ultimately ends up winning that championship, but a regular season title. And when you look at the Pac-12, UCLA, the slight favorites right now at plus 140, 10 cents better than Arizona, who has the second best odds at plus 150. USC, three and a half dollars behind at plus 500. All three of these teams right now, UCLA, Arizona, and USC, ranked in the top 10 in the latest AP poll. Arizona was one of six remaining undefeated teams in college basketball entering last night. Now there are just five, the USC Trojans, one of those five remaining unbeaten sides in all of college hoops. The number two team in the country, the Duke Blue Devils, opening up their ACC conference campaign last night at home inside Cameron Indoor against Virginia Tech. The Blue Devils were a nine-point favorite, and they cover winning by 11, 76-65, over the Hokies the total of 139 just barely goes over falling at 141 Paulo Banquero the outstanding freshman for Duke if you don't know the name you certainly should by now 23 points eight rebounds last night against Vatek plus 700 is Banquero to win the Wooden Award for the best player in all of college basketball the third best odds as it stands but do not overlook Banquero's teammate for the Dukies when you look at Wendell Moore Jr., he is a stat sheet filler upper. 18 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. I heard this on the broadcast last night. Wendell Moore Jr. is the only player out of the high major programs in college basketball averaging 15 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and shooting above 50% from the field. A huge player for Duke. So Duke starts off their ACC campaign, a perfect 1-0. They have covered in 4 straight games, and at last check, they are the favorites to win the ACC at minus 125. We go bowling on the other side of the break. College football bowl season handicap up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This Thursday, we have a lot of football across both the NFL. Week number 16 begins tonight and a doubleheader in bowl season in the college ranks. You are watching the morning after on SportsGrid, listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. Let's dive in to college football bowl season. Two games on this Thursday that we will break down for you. It gets started early in the afternoon we will discuss that in just mere moments. But first, we look back on last night. A game on a Wednesday, the only football game we really had. The Armed Forces Bowl between Army 
and Missouri. We broke down this game a ton on the program yesterday. The line steaming in the Black Knights' favor. Opening at four points for Army. Closing near a touchdown at six and a half in Army's favor last night against Missouri. A team out of the vaunted SEC. And thanks to a last-second field goal from the man Cole Talley, the place kicker for Army, the Black Knights win. 41 yards as time expires. Goes through the pipes and Army gets the victory. 24 to 22 a great bowl game last night in which Mizzou took the lead with a minute and 11 seconds left they missed a two-point conversion making it a 22 to 21 game allowing Army an opportunity to come down and try to win it and you're thinking to yourself Army who runs a triple option not really designed to go down and win a game in a minute when you got to throw the football well, the third quarterback of the night for Army comes out there. Jabari Laws starts slanging that thing around, goes two for four, sets up Army in field goal territory, and Cole Talley ends the game with a 41-yarder through the sticks. Army gets the victory, 24-22 in the Armed Forces Bowl. No, the Black Knights did not cover as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They were not great, honestly, as a favorite all year, just two and six against the number when booked as a favorite. In the total of 54-and-a-half, stays under just the third under in the 12 bowl games that we have had so far throughout this glorious bowl season so again we look at the bowl games that we have all one-off opportunities but try to form a semblance of handicapping from an overall trend perspective as we dive into each and every game and the thing we need to discuss here as we saw yesterday throughout college football it's a tough time to be handicapping bowl games opt-outs potential COVID issues interim coaching staffs motivation aspect how can you find those decipherable edges that is a very difficult thing of course we learned yesterday that texas a&m will not play in the gator bowl due to covid issues opt-outs only 38 scholarship players available you have been hearing throughout the sports grid news updates from our very own alex fasano that rutgers is first in line to accept that bowl victory we are that bowl bid i should say for the gator bowl against Wake Forest, there has been some speculation, although not rightfully confirmed yet, that Rutgers would accept if offered. They are going to discuss that today. That game is on New Year's Eve, only eight days out. A very quick turnaround for a Scarlet Knights team that has been on campus, has been working out, but thought their season was over and necessarily hasn't been practicing or preparing to take on the Demon Deacons. So still some things to cipher out there, but it's hard overall to find those edges for bowl games but here are the trends that we know underdog so far seven and five against the number in the 12 games of this bowl season four of those seven dogs winning outright last night in the armed forces bowl the third under we have had so over still hitting in nine of the 12 games so let's take that into the double header that we have in bowl season on this thursday first up the mean green of north texas a slight two and a half point underdog against miami of ohio the over under total 54 and a half this is another frisco bowl we also had old dominion or not excuse me old dominion uh wyoming no excuse me san diego state utsa so many ball games that was also a frisco bowl at toyota stadium in frisco texas just a couple of nights ago this another frisco bowl between north texas and miami of ohio the red hawks a two and a half point favorite the over under is at 54 and a half now unt north texas Tied for the third best record against the spread in college football this year. 9-3 ATS, covering by nearly a touchdown on average. 6.8 points per game. North Texas started off this year just 1-6 against the spread. Then won five straight outright to earn this bowl berth. 
to end the year, including in their regular season finale, winning outright as an eight and a half point underdog against UTSA, the team that played in the first Frisco Bowl just two nights ago. UNT five and three ATS as an underdog this year, covered in five of their last six as an underdog, winning their last two outright booked as an underdog. Miami of Ohio finished second in the MAC East this year. I bring this up because this is already the fifth team from MACTION from the Mid-American Conference, from the MAC, to play in this bowl season already. The MAC hasn't been good. 0-4 straight up this year so far in bowl season for the MAC in bowl season competition. Just 1-3 against the spread. The only favorite so far was Toledo in the opening bowl game of this bowl campaign, and they lost outright to Middle Tennessee State. So the MAC 0-4 straight up, just 1-3 against the spread, and the only favorite we have seen out of the MAC lost outright and when you look at Miami of Ohio against the number so far this year as a favorite not great either just two and four against the spread they lost three of the four that they did not cover outright so again just two and four against the spread four times not covering three of those four non-covers for Miami of Ohio as a favorite they lost outright I think that's leading me to look at the dog once again in North Texas and underdogs, 7-5 ATS so far this bowl season. Four of the seven winning outright. Maybe a sprinkle on that money line. Plus 116 for a team known as the Mean Green. Maybe that's just the handicap overall. Plus 116 for North Texas. The second game that we have up in in-state showdown. In the Sunshine State. Between Florida and UCF. Right now on FanDuel, the Gators a seven-point favorite against the Knights of Central Florida. The over-under total 55 and a half let me check to make sure those are the updated numbers that we have and yes that is the case the over under at 55 and a half that line still in Florida's favor at seven now the opening line was somewhere around eight and a half nine points we saw this get down to six and a half now slightly back in the Gators favor at seven Florida has one of the worst ATS records all year long as a favorite this year in college football an abysmal two and eight against the number as a favorite, not covering by an average margin of 10.9 points per game. So maybe that backs the dog, right? Well, UCF as an underdog this year, just two games, losing big in both of those games, did not cover twice as an underdog. They gave up 56 points to Cincinnati, could not cover as a 22.5-point dog. They gave up 55 points to SMU, did not cover in that game either. Both of those games, because US UCF gave up so many points to both Cincy and SMU, both of those totals going way over. And UCF, the eighth highest over percentage in all of college football this year, 63.6% of their games hitting an over. Florida, seven of their 12 games under this total of 55.5 would be the fourth lowest for the Gators if it stands at 55 in a hook now florida has allowed about 24.3 opponents points per game so far this year 40th in the country central florida not much worse 55th 26.2 points per game allowed to their opponents on average this year when you look at a lot of the matchup breakdowns for this game not many edges to be had both teams kind of hovering around the same categories the biggest in central florida's favor is the turnover margin Central Florida, a positive turnover margin, 38th in all of college football out of 130 teams. Florida, down near the bottom, bottom 15 in terms of turnover margin this year, 118th out of 130 teams. And then you take into the motivation portion of this handicap, a Sunshine State matchup 
where Central Florida trying to make grounds in the state of Florida against the Gators. The Gators with so many opt-outs, we don't know who's playing quarterback and interim staff in place. Meanwhile, the Knights get back their stud running back in Isaiah Bowser. I think with that and the motivation of UCF trying to make a point here in this game, I would take the points with the dog, getting that key number of seven, getting those seven points in the Gasparilla Bowl, a sunshine state showdown between Florida and UCF tonight. Two great games, a doubleheader Thursday in college football. Also, week 16 begins in the NFL. The AFC North, interesting. We talk about that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, and all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens. Week 16 in the NFL begins tonight on a Thursday. The Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers in Tennessee. The Niners right now a three-point road favorite. This a big game because of playoff implications. Both San Francisco and Tennessee will be in the postseason. San Francisco in the NFC. Tennessee in the AFC. How legitimate are each of these teams as a contender? We might get a little glimpse of that tonight on this short week entering week number 16. Now week 16 is going to be huge across the National Football League. Why? Because we only have one team so far out of the 32 NFL organizations and a couple have already been eliminated from postseason contention, but we only have one team in the entire NFL that has clinched a playoff berth. That the Green Bay Packers by virtue of winning the NFC North. So much to be decided this upcoming weekend across the NFL. You could look at the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots facing each other in Foxborough with a win in a Miami loss. New England would take the AFC East. You could look at some of the other divisions like the NFC West. What are the Rams going to do? What will the Cardinals do on Saturday night against the Indianapolis Colts? You could also certainly look at the AFC North. It is going to be a huge, huge matchup in Cincinnati this upcoming Sunday. Right now, the Bengals a slight two-and-a-half-point favorite against their divisional foes in the Baltimore Ravens. I believe Melissa Kim is here with us now on the morning after on this Thursday, entering NFL Week 16. Melissa is a studio host and reporter with the Baltimore Ravens, so the perfect person to join us on Thursday to preview this game and break down what's happening with Baltimore and the AFC North. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. Just a couple of days out for Christmas. We appreciate your time greatly. Oh my gosh, of course. Sorry for the delay. I'm at my parents' house. I think we all are kind of traveling and make, making yeah. do right now, right? Absolutely so. And that's why we appreciate your time even that much more so. So we talked about it. A huge divisional duel between the Bengals and the Ravens this upcoming Sunday. Melissa, we all remember the game a couple of weeks ago that Cincinnati absolutely stomped Baltimore winning 41-17. to What needs to change this time around for Baltimore to get back on top of the AFC North? 
Look, I think that health is going to be such a big issue, not just for the Ravens, but for every other team in the NFL right now. I've been asked several times already, who do you think is going to win this second round, uh, second time matchup between the Bengals and the Ravens? And to be honest with you, it really is who is going to have the most active starters on their on their roster, right? Able to play without a COVID situation, without an injury. And unfortunately for the Ravens, that's not really working in their favor at the moment. Lamar Jackson, today's the 11th day that he has not practiced. We'll see if he practices later this afternoon. He had that sprained ankle uh, two weeks ago against the Browns. He would obviously be a key factor in this one. They have 11 players on their COVID reserve list as of as of last night, we'll see if that changes today because it seems like they have a new person on their list every single day, as are several teams in the NFL. And so I think health and COVID is going to be such a huge issue coming into these final three weeks of the regular season. Melissa, on this show, a sports betting show by nature, we talk about odds all the time. I'm going to ask you to be an odds maker right now. What percentage would you give me for Lamar Jackson to play on Sunday against the Bengals? I would give you 50% right now, which is probably not what people want to hear, which is not great. But the fact that he's been out for this long, I think, is a little bit troubling because it, we at first didn't know whether it was a sprained ankle, whether it was something more serious than that. Um, the good news is that Tyler Huntley has, you know, two NFL starts under his belt now, one win, one loss against the Packers. And that loss against the Packers, really, I think he performed, so, I think he played so well against them, um, given the cards that he was left to deal with. The O-line, uh, I think, played significantly better, I think, against the Packers as well as they have in the past couple of weeks. Their right tackle position is going to be an issue as well. They had David Sharp in uh, against the Packers, who is literally the fourth, I think the fourth or fifth string. He's the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup. I'm not even kidding you on that. I wish I was. Um, but I think that that definitely helped out significantly. Mark Andrews obviously had a fantastic game against the Packers. Hollywood Brown as well. Your boy with Rashad Bateman, I think, has been making some significant plays as well in the last couple of weeks. So I think that on the offensive side, that is going to be key uh, coming up this Sunday. Thank you kindly for calling Rashad Bateman my boy. I appreciate <laughs> that Big Ten tie right there to the former Minnesota Golden Gopher. And you're right, Melissa. Tyler Huntley was phenomenal on Sunday, even in a loss, but keeping that game competitive for sure. 215 yards through the air, two passing touchdowns, 73 more on the ground, two rushing scores. He was phenomenal against the Packers this past Sunday. On the defensive side of the ball, not only some injury issues in that secondary, but also, as you mentioned, some COVID issues for that Baltimore defense. What do you make of that matchup going up against a Cincinnati offense that, as Joe Burrow described yesterday, because the nightlife in Cincy isn't all that great, they're pretty healthy right now. How do you think Baltimore stacks up against that good Bengals offense? First of all, I think Cincinnati's a great town. When Joe Burrow said that, I was like, I've been to Cincinnati. <laughs> and there's plenty to do there. Come on, man. Um, anyways, but no, you're totally right about that. A secondary, again, all things considered, I think that they played quite well against the Packers. They only had one big play where, you know, they that Packers got down the field to Devontae Adams, um, that one pass. That was kind of the only one significant play at that Again, all things considered, they played quite well. But not just the secondary now, but the line, the outside linebacker position. Justin Houston out with COVID. Uh, a couple other guys there in that position out on COVID to, with COVID too. So it's not just going to be the secondary. But again, I think that Coach Harbaugh used this phrase of, uh, or our analyst on the Ravens Gaming Network, Femi Ayin he used the phrase, 
when your back's up against the wall, you almost are forced to play at a higher level, right? And so I think that's kind of what happened with the secondary against the Packers. And with the linebackers, I think it will be a wait-and-see situation as well. That's kind of been the whole mantra with this team this week is a wait-and-see situation. Um, Odafe Owe is still healthy, knock on wood. Um, and so I think that we'll we'll have to see how this week of practice goes. But some good news that Calais Campbell was limited back at practice last week, which would be great because he missed the last um, last couple of games as well with a thigh injury. So we're hoping that we see more guys come back this week. Melissa Kim joining us right now on the morning after on this Thursday. She is a studio host and reporter for the Baltimore Ravens, joining us from her parents' home, getting ready for Christmas in a huge divisional showdown on Sunday between the Ravens and the Bengals. And of course, Melissa, the implications of this game are tremendous for the AFC North. For the first time in what feels like a very long time, Baltimore not at the top of the divisional standings, nor the favorites to win the AFC North on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That would be Cincy right now at plus 135. Baltimore only 15 cents behind at plus 150. Of course, the Ravens know this. You know this. What has the talk been around the facility the last couple of days about how big this game is on Sunday in Cincinnati? It's funny that you asked that because John Harbaugh was asked that exact question yesterday. Does this game seem like a bigger deal than past games? And Obviously, Coach Harbaugh is going to play it off like every game is going to be a big game. But I think that the team knows how big this game is, obviously, because not only did Cincinnati beat them the first time around here at M&T Bank Stadium, but also the next two, they, it could really play. It will determine what the rest of their season looks like. They have the Rams at home and the Steelers at home after that. But this game, like you see the odds there, will determine who is going to win the division, who is going to be able to make it to the playoff the difference between a wild card situation and not making the playoff situation. So I think that this game is extremely important for the team. We'll see how practice goes for the rest of the week. If we see that they've picked up their step just a little bit, because interestingly enough, last week against the Packers, the guys were super loose in practice. It was very cash, very, you know, we're here at practice, but you see how they played against the Packers, right? So we'll see if that focus changes a little bit this week. Um, against the Bengals. The Bengals, eight and six straight up this year. The Ravens, also eight and six. Both of these teams, one of five teams right now in the AFC at eight and six overall. So this will have a huge shakeout for the rest, not only just the AFC North, but the rest of that AFC playoff picture. So Melissa, three more weeks here in this regular season, including Sunday on the road in Cincinnati when you look at the AFC championship market and where Baltimore might stand if they can make that postseason push what's the out like look like for the Ravens the rest of the way you know again I think again we'll have to think of we'll have to get past this week first but I think that I believe I was checking the odds as well I think if they win this week uh, against the Bengals even though they're having lost to the Packers I believe it's an 87 about 87 percent chance of making it to the playoffs Um, Had they won against the Packers, but then lost against the Bengals, it would have been, I think, a 60-something percent chance from what I last checked um, last week. So, that being said, I think that this game will really, obviously, like we've been saying, have a lot of implications for where they'll stand if they will make a difference between having a wild-card spot, still winning the division. That will determine quite a bit for the Ravens moving forward here in the next couple of weeks. So Melissa Kim on Christmas, Saturday, then Sunday, getting ready for that game against Cincinnati. What is a Christmas tradition in the Kim household that we can look forward to on Saturday night? Oh, we do a lot of Christmas cookies. Listen, my mom is the ultimate baker. She loves like 
And she's like an equal opportunity baker, right? She makes like Hanukkah cookies as well for my Jewish friends. Oh. And she makes Christmas cookies for my friends that celebrate. We, we are equal opportunity holiday celebrators here in the Kim household. So we've already given out plenty of cookies to lots of friends and family and work people and all that. So uh, lots of sugar, which is great going into a heavy football weekend. Let's get weird, right? It's the last three weeks of the season. Melissa, did Harbaugh get any cookies or no? Harbaugh didn't. Listen, it's a COVID. It's COVID times, Ben. Okay, we can't bring true, things into the true. facility. We're actually locked out of the facility right, right. now. Uh, we're not allowed to be there, unfortunately. Uh, so if if it was a normal year, Harbaugh would absolutely be getting the best of the Mama Kim cookies for sure. Melissa Kim, a studio host with the Baltimore Ravens. Thank you so much for joining us here on the morning after. More of TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Thursday on the morning after rolls on right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network, I'm Ben Stevens. We now welcome on FanDuel's Ryan Williams, a regular contributor on these Thursdays to set us up for the week to come in the National Football League. Week 16 begins tonight in Tennessee between the Titans and the Niners and more of Ryan Williams' winners for Week 16 into your holiday weekend. Ryan, a happy holiday weekend to you. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday on TMA. Oh man, thank you for having me, Ben. It's it's fun to be here. Wouldn't be the wouldn't be the full holiday spirit if I didn't come on talk some best bets with the people. So uh, we're happy to get after it. Happy to have football uh, starting with tonight's game. Let's let's go. You warm my heart, Ryan Williams, by those very kind words right there. So Thursday night between Tennessee and San Francisco. Right now, the 49ers, a slight three-point road favorite against Tennessee. The over-under stands at 44 in a hook. From the overall game perspective, Ryan, what do you like in this matchup tonight? Yeah, from the overall game perspective, this is an interesting one here with, I believe, I think it's a three-point spread that we're still dealing with on the FanDuel Sportsbook for for this team, the Titans being home underdogs, and, and really, you know, having to get kind of things together here as they go into the playoffs without having Derrick Henry, a lot's been asked of these backup running backs and Dante Foreman and, and Dontrell Hilliard to carry the load in, and Ryan Tannehill, which it, it has been rough sledding with him without A.J. Brown. They should, should get A.J. Brown back this week which definitely will help mm. this offense and I'm kind of leaning uh to taking some some leans on on the Titans here I I get it you know the 49ers have been hot I believe they won six, six out of their last eight here they're trying to make their way you know into the playoffs possibly you know win the division depending on what Arizona does uh so this should be a fun one uh definitely interested in in the Tennessee side and then also interested in over 44 and a half for tonight as well yeah, we've had seen two straight overs for Thursday night football after a very long streak of unders and strong trends there. Now at 44 and a half, the Titans offense, Ryan, has struggled the last couple of weeks in three of their last four games, all losses. Tennessee only scoring 13 points. But as Ryan alluded to, and as the prop market indicates right now on FanDuel, A.J. Brown might be back for Ryan Tannehill tonight and the rest of that Titans offense. Do you think 
Ryan, on this Thursday that A.J. Brown can find the end zone in his first game back for Tennessee. Yeah, I think I think that he can. And we're looking at A.J. Brown coming in at plus 130 tonight, Ben, for him to score if he gets back. We have Julio Jones, who is is questionable. You know, he's been dealing pretty much with an injury every game that he's played in so far this year with Tennessee, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might not be healthy. So we're looking at uh, Aquino Westbrook being the only other, you know, wide receiver who's kind of making a name for himself there in Tennessee to kind of battle uh, with A.J. Brown for a target share. If A.J. Brown's playing, I believe he's fully healthy and he's going to be a catalyst for this offense and get right back into the role that he was once playing before. And thus, do we correlate that prop of A.J. Brown finding Pater maybe with his quarterback tonight? What do you like with Ryan Tannehill in the prop market this evening? Yeah, so we, we think of Tennessee being this run team, even without uh, Derrick Henry being there. But this San Francisco defense has been tough to run on as of late. So I am interested in the over prop on Tannehill. We're only looking at over 210.5. And if, if I do like the Tennessee side of things, if I do like the over to some extent in this game, then it has to be because Ryan Tannehill is making things happen. Um, you also love that he's kind of been taking control on moving the ball on his own right. He's had a rushing touch down here on the past uh two of the past couple of games so we we love that ryan Tannehill is actually getting action by moving his legs um and then also by throwing the ball i think two to ten is the number two ten and a half getting to 211 i feel confident about that number hitting yeah we see the titans here against the colts one of their last games as a dog in which they won outright the titans this year five and two against the number as an underdog and ryan i love when we are in lockstep and we are yet again in the prop market for thursday night football on the other side of things looking at one of the most dynamic offensive players in the league but certainly for that 49ers offense debo samuel not his rushing yards not his receiving yards but a combo of them both why do you think that is the best edge on debo in the prop market tonight yeah well debo samuel excuse me he he's been absolutely you know it just an interesting cat to watch because this guy, you know, he he was dominating through the receiver role. Then Kittle comes back and we're seeing this guy, you know, with only three targets and four targets in the game. But you're looking at him still putting up numbers and you're like, how is that possible? And that's because his rushing upside has been absolutely incredible. He actually leads the team. Uh, with seven rushing touchdowns and a second on the team with receiving touchdowns being six. Um, So Debo Samuel has just been a a Swiss Army knife for this team, does it all. You're looking at that uh, yardage total being 83 and a half only for him to hit that with rushing and receiving. This guy's a big play waiting to happen anytime that he touches the football. Uh, We do know that Eli Mitchell, the running back for San Francisco, will not go today, which has actually helped with Debo on that rushing upside as well, too. So let's, let's go with Debo there. Debo Samuel, at least five rushing attempts in the last five games for the Niners. He's gone over that number of 83 and a half in three of those five games for SF. And he is averaging 90.3 combined rushing and receiving yards in that five game span. It is interesting, as Ryan alluded to, that Debo Samuel was the second leading receiver in the NFL for the first six to eight weeks, only behind Cooper Cup. And then George Kittle comes back, goes on a tear, but they're like, oh yeah, Debo can do it all. Let's also involve him in the run game out of the backfield. So still some profitability for Debo Samuel, potentially in the prop market tonight against the Tennessee Titans. It begins week 16, but Ryan, tons of games on the docket this weekend. 
Two on Saturday on Christmas. A full Sunday slate for you as well. And then Monday Night Football to cap off the third to last regular season week in the NFL. You guys can't see this graphic yet and it is bored. But Ryan came to play today. In fact, seven plays <laughs> ready for you for the NFL weekend. Ryan, let's start yes, with those two games on Christmas. First, the Green Bay Packers and the Cleveland Browns. Green Bay, a seven and a half point favorite at Lambeau on Christmas Something just feels magical about that. Do you think the Packers take advantage and cover a big touchdown at plus spread? Yeah, it's it's you know a touchdown and a half or yeah touchdown and a half really with the hook. Uh, you're you're looking at that and you're like, man, can Green Bay actually do this? But they are playing this Cleveland team. The Cleveland team has been dealing with injuries. They've also been dealing with a, a huge bout of COVID that honestly affected them last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. And so we don't know with it being a short week, who's going to be coming back. And, and we talk about short week with, if this game was being played on Sunday, this is a Saturday game um, that will, that will be played. So pretty much just a week there to recover for this team. I like green, Bay, green Bay's reeling right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, look, the defending MVP might be the favorite to win the MVP um, again, because we know that's a quarterback award. Uh, they're, they're just, they they just can't be stopped right now on offense. Um, we've seen it against the Baltimore and other teams that have come to place them. So I'm getting that seven and a half and, and just hoping, you know, we don't know what's happening at the quarterback position, but if Baker's not able to go, that line will just move more in favor of Green Bay. Yeah, absolutely so. The Packers have won three straight games, four of their last five. The defense hasn't been great. But the Browns' offense also has not been good. And Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, they've been playing some pretty good football here as of late as well. The second game, the nightcap for Christmas Day in the NFL, Ryan. A great game between the Colts and the Cardinals in the desert. Arizona, a slight one-and-a-half-point favorite right now. The over-under, is it 48 in a hook? Where do you think is the best action for that game between Indy and Arizona? Yeah, I'm going to go with the action on the over in this game of over 48 and a half. I just think you have two uh, explosive offenses on either side. And I know people, listen, you got to tread with a grain of salt here the way that Arizona has been playing the past couple of weeks there. But this is an offense, even with DeAndre Hopkins out, they are still explosive. They still have Kyler, James Conner, Chase Edmonds coming back. This offense is still going to be explosive and if the Colts are able to put up in this game you know favorable matchup for Jonathan Taylor who's absolutely been crushing probably yeah. second in that MVP race to Aaron Rodgers um he, he should be able to get going so I I would hope that the Colts go up early and then Arizona has to play from from behind it just just like last week even with them playing the Lions they weren't able to convert on some of those opportunities but they did have opportunities to get back into the red zone put up more points there so I do like getting the over here in a game that's pretty much you know a, a must win for for both teams as we're looking at the playoff picture yeah, the cards are the bottom half of the league in terms of rushing defense. Jonathan Taylor has been an absolute monster. You can look out for some of those props as they become available for Saturday night in the desert on Christmas between uh, Arizona and Indianapolis. So as we look to the Sunday slate now, Ryan, one other total that you are targeting, a big game with NFC playoff implications across the board, the Minnesota Vikings hosting the LA Rams, a lofty total for this weekend at 49 in a hook. Do you think it's too big or not big enough? Yeah, I, I honestly don't think that it's big enough, uh, Ben, to, to be honest with you. I was surprised that this opened uh, under 
under 50. I was thinking it would open up at the low, the low 50s. And the reason being is just how many times the Vikings uh, and, and Rams have been in games that have reached this total already. I mean, these are two teams that have played towards this number, you know, more than half of their games on the season. And you're looking at both of these teams in the past six games, I believe the Minnesota Vikings are averaging over uh, 31 points uh at 31 and a half points it is and then you're looking at the rams too in the in the past three they're re- they're reaching over this number as well too while they've been hot so matthew stafford getting right uh the vikings are pretty much holding on to that seventh spot in the nfc playoff race both of these teams you know rams get up M- minnesota is going to be aggressive minnesota gets up the rams are going to be aggressive there's both sides of this game where you can feel like points can happen and that's why i'm going with the over here it just it just feels feels right and feels too feels like we're going to get a number of 50 before the weekend is uh here yeah ryan there are only five teams right now in the nfl that have played 50 more than 50 percent of their games to and over los angeles and minnesota two of those five teams mm-hmm. so as we continue to dive through some of your card and some of your plays and leans for this upcoming weekend a big game in kansas city inside arrowhead on sunday afternoon the chiefs right now a seven and a half point favorite against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh trying to keep their hopes alive in the AFC wildcard race. Kansas City trying to clinch the AFC West yet again. The Chiefs right now a seven and a half point favorite. Ryan, we know there are COVID issues for KC. How do you approach this matchup between the Chiefs and the Steelers? Yeah, I'm approaching it just just as what we know, Ben. Like, there's COVID issues. This is the COVID hotbed of, of America right now is Kansas City this week. And so with that being said, we're getting a number here where Pittsburgh, while they're traveling on the road, you know, at only seven and a half, you know, this number could actually lean in Pittsburgh's favor, as, as weird as that might sound here being on the road, uh, to if, if uh, some of these pieces are ruled uh, out. This officially Tyree kill uh, Travis Kelsey they got they've already pretty much rolled Harrison Bucker their kicker out so um, there's a lot of pieces on Kansas City that would lead to this line if they are officially out um, changing drastically so getting Pittsburgh at seven and a half right now just just kind of feels right and you are seeing a ton of other dogs there as well Baltimore getting three points on the road in Cincy Houston yep. a double digit dog against the Chargers and those Chicago Bears who are not great as an underdog this yep. year but catching near a touchdown against the Seattle Seahawks. FanDuel's Ryan Williams joining us on this Thursday on the morning after. Ryan, as always, thank you. Very happy holidays to you, my friend. Oh, happy holidays to you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Catch you next time. Yeah, we will talk very, very soon. We round out our number two up next here on The Grid. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Closing out our second hour together here on a Thursday on the morning after. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across this wonderful Sports Grid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Week 16 of the NFL begins tonight. Three more weeks left in the regular season in the NFL. Then, of course, the postseason. We get to Super Bowl Sunday, all of that great stuff. And then the attention 
will turn to the 2022 NFL Draft. And based on some results last week, for instance, the Lions winning outright as a 12.5-point home underdog, the Jaguars still not winning football games despite Urban Meyer not being there, we have seen a flip at the top of the draft order where Jacksonville now the number one overall pick if the season were to end today. Detroit, number two. So let's look at the NFL Draft and discuss that a little bit here in Buy or Sell. So right now, as I mentioned, and as the neck veins popped out, Jacksonville has the number one pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. And there are odds currently up there on FanDuel for who will be the number one overall pick in this upcoming NFL Draft. Right now, the two favorites at the top of the board, Aiden Hutchinson at minus 125, and the odds on category, the edge rusher out of Michigan, a Heisman finalist. And then Kayvon Thibodeau, also an edge rusher out of Oregon at plus 105. So the question we ask here in buy or sell, should Aiden Hutchinson be in odds on favorite to be the number one overall pick? If Jacksonville remains at number one, I'm going to say yeah. Even if Detroit moves up there to take the number one overall pick, or maybe the Houston Texans because something shakes out as such, I still think it will be one of those edge rushers, Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. But could a quarterback be in play if Detroit or Houston has the number one overall pick? Could it be a guy like Matt Corral or Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh? Something to keep an eye on as we approach the end of this regular season in the National Football League. We are approaching the end of our number two, but do not fret. Our number three, happy hour on the other side of the break. Stay with us here on The Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. Dispensing little pearls of sports strategy wisdom like gumballs from the machine where your dad used to take you for a haircut when you were a kid. Oh. 